Hello, you're listening to the What's Cooking podcast, hosted by Elizabeth Kerr and Kat Wood. We're sitting down with food entrepreneurs to discover how they got started, their journey so far, and what gets them out of bed in the morning. Today we're here with Emily, founder of Wellagama, which specialises in modern Sri Lankan cuisine. What started as a pop-up serving Sri Lankan speciality The Egg Hopper has evolved and Emily has just released her first cookbook and we can't wait to find out more. Hi Emily. Hello. Hi. So to get to know you a little bit better, what was your first job? My first ever job? I have to think about this. I think I was just a waitress in a burger bar, quite classic. (laughs) And I was always late and got fired. (laughs) (laughs) And what was your first job um, kind of in on the other side of the food industry in the kitchen? Um, so my first cooking job was actually on a ranch in Wyoming, which was quite random, but it was very fun. And then my first real job in London was at the Dock Kitchen in Maverick Grove. That's really cool. How yeah. was that? It was really fun. It was probably one of the hardest years of my life. And I, yeah, the hours and... All the guys were so mean to me. Oh no! <laughs> were you the only female yeah. in the kitchen? I didn't know. I didn't know that there were any other girl chefs. Only like recently, I like there have been more. But um, I think it was about yeah eight years ago. I just never. I would never meet a, a girls like me. Would never cook. <laughs> I just thought I was the only one. Um. So, I, but I got treated like a boy, and that was quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have to make flatbreads outside in the winter and they would give feed me sherry. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> in the tandoor oven. And like trying not to burn my um, wrists. Oh yeah, because it gets yeah. super hot. You put your hand like right inside. Yeah. How did you get into cooking or working in the kitchen? Did you train professionally? No, I, I left art school and I, I just wanted to travel. <laughs> And cooking was the kind of, I just, you know, everyone needs to eat. It was just a job that I could do anywhere. And that was the main reason. And then I just sort of fell in love with it. But that took a while. That took about a couple of years till I really started loving it. But um, I just, yeah, no, I haven't been trained properly. I did actually go to Bali Malu, but that was later on in my career. That was more of a holiday. (laughs) Okay, so what was the inspiration behind Welagama? I think several things. I I really like doing my own thing and having a project. And I realised that Sri Lanka, there wasn't, Sri Lankan food wasn't as popular as Japanese or Italian or Indian. And um, as a child, we used to go to Sri Lanka and I just thought it was really fresh and really quite healthy and vibrant and everything there is very naturally organic and healthy you know these are all these words and sustainable but in Sri Lanka like everything you see beetroots that are the size of my head like everything all the produce is amazing and I really wanted to kind of recreate a river cafe where those women sort of bought amazing produce from Italy and recreated it in London and I wanted to sort of create a Sri Lankan version of it and um Welly Gama, um, the name, I just sounded nice. That's why I chose it. <laughs> it's a good reason. Yeah. So you were the first person to bring egg hoppers to London, is that right? I, I'm not sure about that, but I definitely 
made them artisan and kind of uh, specialised in making them look beautiful because in Sri Lanka they are as basic as sliced white bread. They're very mm. kind of like, you can you can get them cold and they're quite kind of a bit gross sometimes. They're just left out on the side, whereas I make them really pretty and with things inside them, which they don't traditionally do in Sri Lanka. I just love kind of making them look all nice. So an egg hopper is a, a type of pancake? Yeah, it's a, pancake, right? it's a bowl-shaped pancake, pancake quite thin, like really soft in the middle, and the egg poaches inside people are like oh it's served with a fried egg no the egg sort of with the lid on top of the hopper pan poaches the egg they're, they're sort of like eating it almost like a kind of glorified taco or almost like a burger they're kind of like all in one thing you can make them really filling and really delicious what sort of things do you put, put in your i pancakes? like um my speciality i make is an egg hopper with sini sambal which is like a spiced onion chutney coconut sambal which is really fresh then like zingy lime lime juice, mustard oil, which is really pungent, and, and peanut roasted peanuts, and all those like flavors together is just like the best thing ever. Sounds so good. Yeah, lots of salt and pepper. Your pop ups was an instant success, and obviously then came the book, which has just come out. Were you approached for the book, or was that something you'd kind of thought of and proposed after the pop up? I've always wanted to do a cookbook. I think I'd, I'd been doing the hopper store for a while and then I thought I should probably go to Sri Lanka because I hadn't been in five years. And it was when I was out in Sri Lanka that I got emailed, um, would you like to do a book? And I was like, yes. And also it gave me more of an opportunity to stay longer in Sri Lanka. So I changed my visa to three months and I got to stay there for three months. Oh, wow. So you just didn't come back I didn't come back (laughs) and I just researched and really kind of put myself out there and I went to loads of kitchens out there and I I'd like go to the markets and I'd point at the vegetables I didn't know and and I'd be like what is that and they'd be like it's 100 rupees and I was like no what is it it's 200 rupees no what is it called (laughs) and then um I'd like go home and make it so I mean I'd love to have a book that had you know breadfruit curry and jackfruit curry but People wouldn't be able to cook that in London, mm-hmm. so that this book is very much adapted to the Western palate and for you know what we can eat here and using the seasons as well. So you've changed some of the more traditional ingredients, say in a Sri Lankan. Cuisine. Yeah, and I substitute things. So instead of Maldives fish, which is quite hard to find sometimes, I use anchovies, and then instead of jaggery, I use stuff brown sugar. And I just kind of adapt things. And then if I don't have something in a recipe, I, I just won't use it. I'm, not, I'm kind of very easygoing with my curry. Just as long as you taste and you season it well with salt, not pepper. I actually learned later on that pepper isn't actually a seasoning, it's a spice. So it's mm. not, I don't use it as much as I used to at the beginning of my cooking career. And once you, once you know the basic thing of making a curry, which is pretty much sweating down your onions and your garlic and your ginger and your chilies, sweat that down. Then add your spices, cook that off, then add your coconut milk and all your tomatoes. Then you can just pretty much, that's your base and you can cook anything, make anything into a curry. That is good advice. That's a good... And I, my, another thing why my book is different is I always roast my vegetables in spices so that they retain their like crunchy texture so that they so you can really taste like, you know, a parsnip or a sweet potato, it doesn't sort of mush into a, a sort of overcooked mush. So I make the curry base and then I stir through and I don't make my curries too wet, they're quite sort of 
they've just literally got a coating so that they're not kind of swimming in a pool, which I, do, I just find a bit kind of a bit too much. And yeah. And also, I like having curries not always with rice. I'll have it with salads or just with avocados. You don't need to have it with rice. I think I want to change the way people see. So basically, I found the recipe for an egg hopper, and it took me a long time to make and find. And, and I showed it to this like cafe in Homerton, and I bought a little like hopper kit. No, not hopper kit. Like um, a camping stove, and I like demonstrated my hoppers, and they were like, "Oh, you can come and do this on Sundays." So I, like came, and I didn't have a stall. I didn't have like any of that business stuff. I literally just would come in and make them, and then um, and I used to come every Sundays from my house in West London all the way to Homerton in Ubers. It would cost me so much money. I wouldn't make any money. Stayed up all day. No one would buy the hoppers. They'd still like get avocado on toast. And I'd put so much effort into it, like getting all my ingredients from like all these places. But I like, kept going, and, and it was still like a nice time to like just discover what I like to cook and make. So that every time was like worth it because it was. I'd, I'd, I'd find out more and more and then I'd get better at what I was doing I'd, I'd be researching all the time and reading books and then I was, I'd really like to get a proper market to get more footfall so that's when I um, realised that Druid Street was going on and starting so I just got in touch with Miranda who owned it and asked if I could get a stall and I got a stall and I was so happy and I, sta- I don't know how long I think I stayed there for about six months maybe um, were you there at the first? Yeah, yeah, I was right there from there the beginning, and I loved like being with all the other traders again, like learning loads about just tips on how I should, you know, have my kitchen roll. You know, just all those like yeah. things that you wouldn't learn from like no one. You, there's no book about like how to run a market store. I literally would just ask questions from the other traders, like you know, what, you know about money or like anything. I just had, I was so clueless to that side of it. All I like knew about was my hoppers and my food and cooking. But then there's this whole other side to it where, you know, buying your gas, all that stuff. I just didn't know. And I asked, and I, oh, everyone was, the industry so helpful. Everyone's so nice. Yeah, that is the thing. Even if a market day doesn't go that well, yeah. as we've both done it too, you always learn something or you just meet someone new or make a new friend. Yeah. And it's really nice. And you always get kind of swap food with each other yeah <laughs> I like doing that yeah yeah that's really nice did you have people helping you on the stool yeah I did but I'm I've been doing it so long that I can get them perfect and it takes mm. a while to get that going so it's just frustrating like having someone that it wasn't perfect and I'm so perfectionist with yeah it, so was... how did you find the process of writing the book it, I mean it was it was it was a blessing and a curse. It was like the hardest thing I've ever done, but it was always also the like kind of light of when I had some difficult times that just kind of kept me going, and it just became something so much spe- more special to me than just writing a book. It was really like a personal development as well. But now I really I loved it. I wish I had more time to write it, but in the end, you kind of have deadlines and. A lot of the time I was developed because I was developing the recipes and then we had the shoot and then we actually, I actually had quite a short time to write and I, we had to cut out a lot of stuff that I did write at the beginning. I wanted to explain more of the ingredients, but we just, maybe that would be for my second book, <laughs> which is, there's a plan, but not yet. Exciting. Yeah. Was, was all of the books shot in Sri Lanka? No, um, we had, I think, was it five days in London? 
And that was really fun. That was one of my favourite moments in the book. It was really, that's when it really started to feel real because we had all these people cooking for my book and you know, their photographer and her assistant and then I had an assistant and I could just, the first time, kind of let go a bit because until then I'd, I'd sort of done everything and uh, both the photographer and the stylist, it was amazing that they could actually create the dishes and make them look nicer than I could even. So yeah, it was really nice to just have trust in them and it went so well and then we went to Sri Lanka and did some shoots out there which was really cool. How, so how did you develop the recipes? Are some of them family recipes or um, you said that you went out to Sri Lanka and found... What I like doing is getting a kind of either a traditional Sri Lankan uh, recipe or an English one and kind of making it Sri Lankan and making it more English. So, for example, I love serene malt loaf and I've got a version in my book that's a Sri Lankan version with tamarind and uh, spices. And then... Um, I'll get an old English, uh, old Sri Lankan recipe like Vatapalan, which is this, I don't even know if I've said that right, but it's quite a rich, dense, very sweet, traditional Sri Lankan dessert. But I've I've made it kind of lighter and almost like a Sri Lankan uh, English panna cotta, but with the same spices. So I kind of modernise things and uh, just have fun with flavours. What is Wellagama? So obviously you've got a book now and you've had the pop-ups. How would you describe Wellagama? So Wellagama started at the very beginning as a supper club, um, but that didn't work out very well because I, I didn't know how to sell tickets. <laughs> I only ever did one. Um, and then it became a hopper stool and... I could well, and it only beca- it became a hopper stool because I didn't have eight hands, so I had to just do hoppers. So I was kind of limited with what I could do with it. And then it developed again, and is now this kind of whole new cuisine, which is modern Sri Lankan cooking, and that's using the seasons and flavors that we have in in Europe, but and um, sort of making it less spicy, less fresh, and less heavy, and keeping the vibrant kind of flavours of Sri Lanka. Interesting. Cool. And you've got some supper clubs coming up, is that right? Yeah, I've got a few. I've got the Dot Kitchen, um, Good and Property and the Chess Club. Um, and then I'm going to Sri Lanka again. Oh, cool. Is that for a holiday? Or That's for one well, mix of a holiday and also what, going to the Gore Literary Festival and promoting the book there and doing a launch there. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And just kind of keep the connections going over there. Yeah. So did you kind of meet people when you were working on the first book? Were there people you met? Yeah, well, my uncle lives there anyway. And I I know know lots of people there. And it's just nice to kind of keep, yeah, the connection there. Mm. Um, And, I mean, London's so expensive. I might even go and just move out there (laughs) and just work there for a bit. Quite nice to have two lives, six months in Sri Lanka, six months in England. Definitely. What's the next evolution of Belagama? I mean, I'm quite excited about where the book will take me. In this whole process, I've literally just been like a boat and just, just like sailed along and just taken every opportunity. I'm very much, I put myself out there and I take, you know, I'll always say yes. Sometimes I say yes too much and then I get a bit overwhelmed, but I always will push myself, push myself, push myself. So I think... Well, you know, whatever comes my way with the book, I'm sure, I don't know if I'll, t- I'll try and do TV, even though it's scary, and, and then I'd love to do a, a restaurant one day, 
Um, I love to write for columns, magazines, newspapers. I love to do another book. I love to sell my merchandise. I love to jar chutneys and jams and have them in shops. And I love to kind of even do, yeah, cooking classes and, yeah, anything really. That all sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds really fun. Like, there's a lot of scope for yeah. where you can take it. Yeah. Yeah, I think now I need other people <laughs> because I, I, do, I do find it a bit overwhelming just being by my on my own, really, with it. But it is it's still really fun and it's nice to have, have something that I'm so into. Yeah, so pretty much you've been doing the whole business by yourself. Obviously, with the book, you've had help on photography and cooking, like you said, in the kitchen. But yeah. is it, it's pretty much all been you. Yeah, and it's a full-time thing. Mm. Yeah, even when I... I don't really know how to have free time. I'm always thinking about it. But that's like that's just sort of what I think ev- what everyone goes through, having their own business. It's, very, it's a kind of a lifestyle choice, almost. Um, but I get such a... A thrill. Like my one of my favourite things is going to Tooting or South Harrow and just spending the day there. And like talking to the the people in the shops makes me feel like I'm in Sri Lanka. And they always love my enthusiasm for it as well. So you use a lot of English ingredients in your cooking anyway. What Sri Lankan ingredients do you need do you, that that really define Sri Lanka? Yeah. I I mean I love lime. So in Sri Lanka, I haven't seen any. Um, you can't get lemons, which is weird. I mm. If you ask for a lemon, you'll get a lime. And the limes there are really small. They're like kind of like hard to describe the size, <laughs> but they're a lot smaller than British limes and less juicy. So you need quite a lot. And then um, cinnamon is native to Sri Lanka, so I'll always use a cinnamon quill. And it's so nice. I, when I went to Sri Lanka last, you see men kind of like carve the wood and make cinnamon quills. So I always think of these men carving whenever I use a cinnamon quill, and I think that's really nice. So you love making... I always use cinnamon, and then turmeric is an amazing kind of colour um, enhancer. And I, I use turmeric and cinnamon pretty much all my curries. I love more beef fish, but I think I love anchovies even more. So that's another ingredient I love to use. Where's the best place to get these ingredients? You mentioned Tutu. I mean, I've got a great news agent across the road that just has like, no I love, he has like these amazing bunches of coriander for one pound, you know, huge big bunches. And I really like that. So everywhere inspires me. Like I'll go to a cafe, I'll have a hot chocolate and I'll be like, how can I make this Sri Lankan? And I'll think about um, getting coconut cream and like making it in sort of a marshmallow. Like literally everything. I'll think about how can I make that Sri Lankan. And sometimes I'll have huge mistakes or like things that really aren't great. Like, what can I think of that I made the other day that was just not okay? Yeah, we love kitchen disasters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or trying to make things easy. So one of the things that I just find really annoying to do is prepping artichokes. So I was like, oh, I'd really like to make an artichoke curry, but using Jerusalem artichokes, but that didn't really work out very well. <laughs> or like, I'll try and use tinned artichokes, and I'll be like, that's kind of gross. So like... I don't know, I'm always thinking of new things. And I actually, I made a parsnip curry the other day and I roasted the parsnip and I, by mistake, put two tablespoons of salt in instead of two teaspoons. Oh, no. I was like reading my recipe and um, actually, somehow it wasn't salty. I didn't put salt in the, in the curry base and it just had this, and I cooked it down, it just had this real marmity punch to it and I was like, wow, this is amazing. It's probably quite bad for you. <laughs> it's really good. 
That's the best kind of thing, though, when a mistake becomes yeah, yeah, actually new. works out. Yeah. Um, and whereabouts can people find you? What are your social media? I think I'm I'm Instagram probably. I mean, it would be nice to have a restaurant, then you can find me there. But at the moment, I'm just yeah, everything is on my Instagram. What's your handle? It's Wellygama underscore LDM. Cool, cool. Thank and you. Um, do you want to promote your website or? Just yeah, that's wileygarma.co.uk. Cool. Oh, well, thanks so much for yeah. talking to us. I can't wait to try the recipes from the book. I'm really excited. Oh, and the cover is so beautiful. It's really creations. Fun. Thank you. That malt loaf sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm going to be trying delicious. that. It looks delicious. Thanks so much for listening to the What's Cooking podcast. You can find us on Instagram at What's Cooking Podcast and on Twitter, What's Cooking Pod. Thank you.